the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. This Sunday is the Sunday of the cross, and the church in her wisdom gives us the opportunity to pause right in the middle of Lent, after, after having carried the cross that is now at the center of the church, and we see that it is blossoming. What other people on the face of the earth carry an instrument designed to be the best tool of torture and shame and display it as the means of glory, victory, and honor. This is what exactly what we are doing today. Christ is the King and High Priest of this entire world and for all time and reaching into eternity. And today we remember especially that He is the crucified King and High Priest. Our Lord changed the very character of the world by that instrument standing before us. He, as the King of Kings, built it to be a bridge that spanned the divide from earthly life to the heavenly. Any glory apart from it can go nowhere else but as totems for burial. By the cross alone can one receive glory and victory and honor that never fades and is always active. In the epistle, we heard these words. We have a high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, and let us hold fast to our confession. These words are easily passed over, but they contain the depth of the Christian way of life. He, as high priest, consecrated the cross to always unite heaven and earth. Christ did this for us as our priest and as our king who went before us and leads the way. And he is still acting as our priest and as our king, acting to save us from the ways which would leave us empty. We are called to hold fast our confession by following him, by taking up the crosses of our life. We may follow him into glory and victory over death and into the honorable life of his kingdom to come. One of the primary ways which we hold fast our confession, as the epistle admonishes us to do, is when we cling to Christ in adversity. It is the hope of our present, hope that in our present difficulties, we are turned, that are turned into crosses that span the gap of earthly sorrow and unite us to heavenly joy. It is a choice always to follow Christ, to cross that bridge into the land of victory, but it's not always the choice what sort of suffering we have. There is no other way, though, to get to God but by our choice. All, uh, all, all of the great teachers teach us of the Christian way of life, of God's character. He invites and gives the opportunity, but each person must choose the Lord's way over his own way. How often do, would we rather fight, complain, bewail, accuse God, of doing what we did not want. But what can we do? At best, we try not to think of it and so-called move on. But the follower of Christ's way acts as if we are completely estranged from our own way. He strives to seek the will of God and relies on Christ's way to see him through difficulties and keeping trust in our Lord. The Christian is the soldier who is following his king into battle with the assurance of the victory. 
our Lord leads the charge by the cross, and we join to him by taking up our own crosses. To attack the common enemy of humanity, as uh, St. Nikolai called it. I believe it was St. Nikolai. He said, we by our crosses, we attack our common enemy, who is also the common enemy of Christ, and that's death. The fear of it by seeking pleasures and comforts to not look at it, and its product, unholy sin. So, what do we do, you may ask? Oh, he's going to talk about asceticism. He's going to talk about fasting and hair shirts, prostrations, monastic vigils, long prayers. These are helpful, perhaps for some, for their way of life, but those are what we would call voluntary crosses, to walk with the Lord in that way. But each takes up those according to his call of life. But that's not what I want to draw your attention today toward. Rather, we have another way to follow Christ, our high priest and king. It is Christ's transformation of our involuntary crosses, the things that which we did not choose to suffer. Maybe they're a result of our choice, but we didn't know what they would be. And so we have this situation for which we must live with in some way. Those can become bridges that he uses to bring the kingdom to us. The cross that is often more difficult to take up are these involuntary pains of soul and body. These are all those difficult problems, those illnesses, those social and global crises that we are living through this day, the loss of those we love, the loss of expected outcomes that went a different way, those innumerable psychological wounds of our age with which many, many, many of us suffer, all of which we must now live with and can do little or nothing to change in the outward sense. Each of you in this room has some sort of involuntary situation, or several, or many, that you wish could be different. That is the cross that I am speaking of. We are always tempted when an involuntary suffering begins, and we try to run away, or we try to fix it, or by some extreme means make it somehow go away. But my brothers and sisters, some things in our life are there for our salvation. Even in these, God calls and invites that we may embrace these. And many people have done this. I know a person who loved greatly her vibrant energy, and she used it well for the Lord, giving and going and visiting shut-ins, praying with them, speaking with them, being there for them, and having many active virtues. Then an illness came, and her energy began to wane, never coming back as it did before. And this no longer became possible for her to be actively virtuous in the way that she knew. It became a cross to not serve by this activity. But she turned and trusted in the Lord, counting this as a gift of a cross, to continue that her prayer become active, her prayer and not just activity become active, and become one who intercedes for the world. If she fought that cross, she would never have learned the depth of silence in the presence of God and the renewal of that healing that she found there. I know a man afflicted with an addiction that he inherited. He struggles against this and is not always perfect in battle, but he embraces that cross as a tool that reveals his weakness and need for God's joy and love. He has embraced that reality 
for his salvation and laying aside as best he can the roller coaster of happiness and despair from the substance that destroys more than it gives by embracing that cross and accepting the weakness he knows the sober joy of the Lord. I know many that struggle with a cross of wounds to their minds by trauma or the brokenness of the world and not made by choice. I also know, have known those that have found this cross to be the point of transformation for them in the Lord. They count it as an opportunity when that struggle arises, when they have that experience, to turn to him and cry out when otherwise they would have not thought of God or Christ at all. We are living through times of great uncertainty of what may happen. We all lose those we love in these times, and sometimes other things happen. But when these involuntary crosses God has put before us, and God is acting and seeing what we will choose, we must turn to him in that time, take it as an opportunity, that that suffering becomes the offering that leads to the victory of the kingdom in your life. It is the bridge of grace leading straight to your heart. And if you turn to it and seek the Lord who is already running across that bridge, those who have learned this are closer to him than I myself, who may have not very many voluntary crosses or involuntary crosses. My brothers and sisters, the cross prepares us to be like Christ, and we follow him by the crosses of our life. The crosses of our life soften us toward our neighbor and to know God, and prepares us to live as little Christ to the world, for he is with us in the inevitable suffering of this life. Without that softening, we would not become the one body of Christ truly. We know suffering as our Lord knows it, and we can share that with others. An arborist, one who takes care of, cares of trees, must bore a hole into a tree to unite a fresh branch into it. This is the involuntary sufferings and crosses of which I'm speaking. And when that wound in the tree receives the new branch, its sap flows into the tree, and that branch becomes one and grafted together and united to it. In the same way, our involuntary suffering helps us to become co-sufferers with the world, to see and be with them in that time, and then to become offerers to it of the sacrifice that is on behalf of the world, for which we are present here today offering. Those that follow Christ share in Christ's kingship and his priesthood. By embracing even involuntary suffering, we cross the bridge of the cross. And together as one body, as an army that takes the land of the enemies and unites the heavenly realm to the earthly, it is by the cross embraced for Christ that we join his grace and receive his reward. That is the reward of sonship, of priesthood, of kingship, and of life himself, even now amid the broken world. It is for this reason that today we sing, before thy cross we bow down in worship, O Master, and we glorify thy holy resurrection. Christ, our Lord and God, we pray. May we each not run but look toward your cross, the means of victory over death, sin, and corruption, that we may take up the weapon against death and sin that is present before us. Our various involuntary crosses, 
that we ask you to aid us by your call and grace to embrace them as the instrument of our salvation. May we see and experience the grace of your kingdom opening up to us in that situation, that we may become priests to the world and defeaters of death and sin and be led to incorruption as we ascend to the kingdom with him. Amen.